0: Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.
1: My name is Phil Badolino and uh, my journey to Jesus began when my neighbor Melissa knocked on my door. I was recovering from a torn pectoral muscle, Uh, yeah, right off the bone, wasn't fun, Um, tough surgery. You know, I found myself home uh, alone. I was at a point in my life where it was just emotionally and and spiritually I was at a zero. I was broken. I was just, uh, I I needed something. I wasn't sure what it was. I was just glad that there was somebody there at that point in time because really at that time I really didn't have anybody to... uh, turn to or to go to and I had here's my neighbor now out of nowhere knocking on my door um, saying how you doing here's a card and a bear and if there's anything I can do for you you know let me know I didn't realize at the time that uh, Melissa was a Christian Uh, I just thought she was a nice person it kind of made me want to kind of get back, maybe I'll go back to Catholic Church and maybe that'll make a difference. And So I went back, I, I, went, I went to church a few times. It was the same church that I remembered, you know. Um, I, I just didn't, I didn't feel anything. I would just go there and I would kind of go through the motions and I would kind of just, you know, it was almost like punching a card and that's how I always felt before and I just never, I just never could relate to any of it. I could never, I never got it, I never understood it. You, you convinced yourself that you did a good thing and that you, you know, this was the right reasons. She never pressured me to, to to go. She never had asked me to this point, but she asked me, you know, would you mind? You want to go to my church, Liquid Church? And she said it was in the uh, Hyatt Hotel in Morristown. I kind of <laughs> laughed a little bit because uh, I just couldn't wrap my head around that. So I said, sure, let's let, let's do it. Let's go. And so it was during the Revive series, and uh, you know, I showed up with uh, no intentions or expectations or, or anything uh, to, to happen, and. Uh, Literally about halfway through, I just, I felt like I was standing, and I was the only one standing. And the house lights were down, and there was a spotlight just on me. And uh, God was just speaking directly to me. It was like the shepherd finding that that lost sheep that he had lost so long ago. (laughs) I literally felt at that moment that this is where I'm supposed to be. It just seemed like every Sunday I would would go to Liquid with Melissa, and... uh, it made, it started to make sense, and I just started to get it. So I finally made a decision that uh, uh, I need to. I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus. That that He is my Lord and Savior. It was last November, and uh, it was it was a bit of a crazy, uh, bit of a crazy week. Um, my mom had passed away on Saturday. We had the funeral on a Wednesday. Um, I had to read the eulogy, which was was tough to get through. Uh, my mom meant a lot to me. Next thing I know, this Saturday coming up. I'm in Staten Island, serving with my new family, Liquid Church, Um, gutting houses and and helping people and uh, the following day was uh, Sunday and uh, I officially, you know, uh, publicly proclaimed my uh, my faith in in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and I was baptized uh, here at Liquid and uh, it's just been an amazing journey. The next door neighbor girl who knocked on my door uh, who I now know is definitely an angel sent from God to 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 be to be there for me. Uh, I ended up marrying that uh, that neighbor on May 5th, and uh, it's an amazing feeling that uh, God would someone like me, you know, He would send someone like this to help and to uh, to give me a best friend, a wife, you know. that that I probably didn't deserve. He did it, and uh, I am forever grateful, and and I am humbled. And uh, I just thank God every day. That's it, man.
2: Hey, can we hear it for Phil and Melissa? That's a pretty cool story, right? That's amazing. That is just so cool. Hey, if you're new, welcome to Liquid. I'm Tim. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we're in the series we're calling Backyard Gospel, and, and that's why I wanted Phil to share a story with you. I think it illustrates what this series is all about, this idea about sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus in your backyard or with your next door neighbor or in a coffee shop or a gym or, 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 you know, at, at lunch. It's supposed to be very, very natural. And when I think about Phil's journey to Jesus, it's amazing to think that, you know, a little over a year ago, he hadn't even stepped foot in our church. But did you notice how the process, the seeds of faith, were planted much earlier than that. Last week, we learned that evangelism, according to Jesus, is an organic process. It's not forced. It's not artificial. It's not mechanical. Like, you know, you hand someone a track and boom, they're a Christian or something. It's not. That's weird. In Mark 4, Jesus said it's very organic. Here's how he described it. He said, all by itself, the soil produces grain. So we plant seeds, but then here's what happens. The stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And so Jesus is saying, look, there are five stages of growth. Do you see these? The stalk, head, kernel, ripe grain. Five kind of stages of of processing in the journey to Jesus, thresholds, that non-Christians typically grow through in their journey to Christ. And that's how it was with my friend Phil. He really went from distrusting Christians to finally trusting a Christian. When Melissa knocked on his door, he didn't really know any authentic followers of Jesus at that point. Until his next door neighbor took a risk. He was at a very low point in his life. She helped him recover from surgery. He planted those seeds of trust, and that, that's a big deal. The first stage for most people is simply learning to trust a Christian, realizing, hey, we're not all wackadoodles with you know political agendas or ulterior motives. But many Christians are just genuinely compassionate and caring like Christ. And that moved Phil from complacent about spiritual things to curious. He noticed something different in Melissa. She said, hey, come to church with me. I like that he kind of laughed, like, oh, a church that meets in a hotel. and Because, you know what, that, I love that because we realize the church isn't a building, is it? The church is wherever the spirit of God is present in his people. And Phil kind of sensed that. He felt like God was talking directly to him. And so he moved from complacent, like kind of not interested in spiritual stuff, to very curious. Maybe this stuff is real. Who is this real Jesus anyway? And he started asking about the difference between works, like do I have to earn salvation, and grace. You mean God just loves and accepts me in Christ? It's free? He went from closed to open to change in his life. That's the most amazing thing for me. Previously, the old Phil um, had been—that's <laughs> the way he describes. He talks about the old Phil. Uh, He goes, you know, Tim, I have done a lot of things in my life that I'm not proud of. Um, And he goes, and it was a different thing. He said, But as he began listening to God's word, he actually made significant sacrifices in his own personal behavior, his relationships at work, his personal relationships, sexually, all that kind of stuff. He changed that because he said, I want to honor God. I believe this is, is truth. That's the hardest threshold for most people to cross most non-christians because it's one thing to be curious about jesus it's another to make wholesale life changes and say you know what god wants more from me than i'm living and so phil went from meandering to actually seeking answers to the big questions of life threshold number four and i just want to acknowledge this morning that's where some of you are if you're in nutley and new brunswick or you're joining us online you may be listening and you're like you know what I'm new to this whole faith. Thing. I'm kind of kicking the tires of Christianity. That is awesome because you're leaning in. And I know some of you are starting to seek answers. Uh, when Phil and I met for coffee, I started listening to his story. His mom was dying at the time of ALS. this is Luke Gehrig's uh, disease. Debilitating, very close. And he was seeking answers to the big questions of life. He's like, if God is good, why does he allow suffering? Can somebody know for sure, Tim, that they're going to heaven? These are big questions, right? questions about eternity and salvation. And he was seeking answers, not platitudes, before he made a decision to trust Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And that's what happened in November. Phil went from living in the kingdom of the world to living in the kingdom of God. He prayed, he said, Jesus, I want you, I'm not proud of who I've been. I want you to forgive my sins and heal my heart. And in God's eyes, he joined the family of God. He crossed the line in the eternity from death to life. And this is important that you see this. This was not a one-time, like, magic emotional decision, but this was the culmination of a much longer organic process that began when a girl named Melissa simply planted seeds. God watered them. They were germinating as he served with some of you, and then Phil was born again, a whole new life in Christ. He shared his faith at his mom's funeral that Wednesday, served with some of you and sat in uh, Staten island on Saturday, and on Sunday, he was baptized into the name of Christ. That's what organic evangelism looks like. Can we hear it for Phil? That's such a cool kind of thing to happen. And uh, again, Phil's a friend now. um, He's a brother in Christ and he's on fire. We were meeting this past week and he's like sharing his faith in Christ with all his coworkers because he works at a car dealership. And he's like, they're asking me, they're like, what happened to the old Phil? He said, they're kind of suspicious. He said, but he goes, I believe I'm kind of being light in kind of a dark place. And so he's now planting seeds where he works, in his own backyard, okay? So feels like that good soil Jesus talked about. Remember he said, others, like the seed thrown on good soil, hear the word, they accept it for themselves personally, then they produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So it's just a joy to watch you grow, bro. You're doing an amazing job. I thank God for you and Melissa. Uh, and on top of it all, he married Melissa. That's pretty. That's what we call a twofer. He, right, he got God and the girl, okay? And that's amazing, and but and I should make a disclaimer. This is not typically how it works. Results not typical. Okay, this isn't like an ad for missionary dating. I can see like some of you are like, oh, I'm this is awesome. I'm gonna ring the door. Hi, do you know about Jesus? You know, it's like I'm not, Don't, don't go the next door neighbor. God works in mysterious ways. That's their story. It's unique. But what's your story? Or rather, I should ask, what is your story going to be? Because I believe every person in this room, at their other campuses online, God is going to put somebody, maybe he has already, intentionally in your backyard to help on the path to Jesus. That's why we call the backyard gospel, because it may be your apartment or your townhome complex or the YMCA where you work out, or it's a coworker who God has uniquely positioned you To care and build trust with them. Like Melissa, God put you in their proximity, your backyard, and they need to hear the gospel. They need to hear this good news of forgiveness and new life in Christ. And so this summer, what we did is we challenged everyone in our church to name one person that God has put in your backyard. Who that you can plant seeds with this summer by being a friend by building trust, by asking questions, by provoking honest answers. And, and that's that's really why we're seeing this incredible harvest happening all over Liquid, because evangelism happens naturally in a healthy church. It's just natural. And so if you're here today and you're not a Christian yet, um, you are our honored guest. You are like our VIP. We are not going to like twist your arm or like, oh, we got to convert that person. We don't do anything because we believe God is already at work in your life. I really believe that. We, that's what, what it was with Phil. And this morning, I was like praying. I was like, God, would you, through your Holy Spirit, speak specifically to people today, just like you did to Phil? And you're going to get to eavesdrop on our conversation as followers of Jesus. Because we're just trying to understand how to live our faith in the real world without being all preachy and religious, okay? We realize we can be weird about that. Um, last uh, week, it was just such a blessing. After one of the services, I had a couple come up to me, and they said, Pastor Tim, those five stages were so helpful. We're not Christians yet, uh, but we think we're somewhere between stages three and four. And we hope we're going to move eventually to stage five, you know, by this fall. And I was like, that's amazing. They're they're, they're leaning in. They're asking those questions about who this real Jesus is. Is this legit stuff or is it just more religion? And something deeply supernatural, can I say that? Supernatural is happening in their life. And many times for a lot of people, it begins with a divine appointment. Have you ever heard that term before? This idea that at times God will strategically put a Christian in the path of someone who's considering the claims of Christ. There's a great example of this in Acts chapter eight. So would you open your Bible there? It's on page 764. And this is the book of Acts. These are the acts of the early Christians. This is what the early church did. And in a lot of ways, Phil's journey to Christ began when Melissa knocked on his door. That, that was taking a bit of a risk, right? Melissa was a Christian at the time. Um, she was single. She wanted to be married someday. But you know what? This is fascinating. Uh, they told me last week. In the weeks leading up to her meeting Phil, she had actually stopped praying that, you know, God, send me a husband. She said, God, I just want to be useful. Would you send someone in my life who needs Jesus? And then she sees this banged up dude with his arm in a sling, kind of looking pathetic. Uh, and she's like, I guess I could, you know, be kind to him, you know? And it's a fascinating, isn't it? I mean, that's amazing. When we stop focusing on our own needs and seek first the kingdom, God takes care of these, these other things and lives intersect. And you don't know when a simple conversation turns into a conversion story through the power of God's spirit. This is what happens here in Acts chapter 8 with another guy named Phil. His name's Philip. He's a follower of Jesus. He has a divine appointment with this guy he meets on a road trip. So let's read this together and kind of see what we can learn. It says this, now an angel of the Lord, this is verse 26, said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down for Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch An important official in charge of all the treasury of the candidate. That means the queen of the Ethiopians. So this guy had a government job. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. It's kind of of the Holy Spirit says, hey, something's going to happen. So I want you to imagine this. Again, another guy named Phil, he's walking along, and the Spirit of God starts whispering, hey, do you see that guy over there? Who, who, that that dude? No, 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 no. Who, the the, the loud Korean? No, that's Pastor Tom. The other guy over here, the African-American, he's not American. He's Ethiopian. Oh, yeah, okay. Go sit next to him. He says, I see this guy from North Africa. He's on a trip to Jerusalem. So understand this. He's not a follower of Jesus yet. The New Testament hasn't been written. They're living the New Testament. But he's sitting there reading the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah. And so Philip sees him, and then the Holy Spirit gives him this nudge. Look, go to that chariot and stay near it. And it says, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless... Someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Well, this is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asks Philip, I love this question. Tell me please, who's the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Now watch this magic. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him, can we say this together? The good news about Jesus. And this is a pretty cool story because I told you about a modern day Phil. This is the first century Philip. He had his ministry to the Samaritans, but suddenly it was interrupted because God gave him very specific directions. I want you to go south down this road. I have a divine appointment waiting for you. And Philip was a follower of Jesus. So if you're a follower of Jesus, God's going to talk to you through his Holy Spirit. And you got a choice. Do I obey it or pretend like it didn't happen? But Philip says, I'm going to obey. And so he comes across this traveler from Ethiopia. So make this modern day. It would be like you going to the airport. You never like, you know, when you're going out on a flight out in the airport and you're sitting in the terminal. So imagine right now you're at Newark Airport. Actually, don't imagine that. That's hell. Like this, let's keep this in a, a positive way, right? When you're at the airport and you're about to go on a business flight or you're going on vacation or something like that, you know, imagine you sit down and you're waiting in the terminal and you see this guy over here and he looks like he's foreign and you hear him talking to somebody and they say, "So what do you do?" And he says, uh, "Well, I'm actually secretary of the treasury of Ghana." You're like, "Wow, that's 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 pretty cool." And you see he's reading something. He's reading like a book and you're like. Oh, what is that? Is it, it's, it's a book by Oprah, okay? Or a book by Joel. O- no, keep it Oprah. It's a, book by, it's a book by Oprah. And so you're like, wow, he's reading something. He's clearly open to spiritual things, right? He, he wants to learn more about God. Now, here's the weird part. You're sitting in the terminal, and as you're sitting there, that voice comes over. Uh, Flight 479, boarding now. Is there a passenger named Timothy P. Lucas? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's me. Stay right there next to that guy, what the, you know, and you're like, are they watching me? Stay right there. Do not move. Something's going to happen. That's what happens with Philip. He sees this guy's this international traveler and God gives him direction. He says, something is going to happen here. In other words, whenever you step out in faith, the Holy Spirit will at times have your life intersect with somebody who doesn't know about Jesus and God through his Holy Spirit will give you promptings inside. It may not be audible, may not come over P, the PA, but when you open yourself to evangelism, sharing the news, your faith in Christ, God will give you these interpromptings. Sometimes at Starbucks, sometimes at school, sometimes sitting in the lounge at the airport, sometimes at lunch with a coworker, sometimes while shopping with a friend. And the question is, what do you do when God gives you a divine appointment? Do you actually obey and lean in, or do you pretend not to hear? That was weird. Uh, and hope it goes away because I don't want to make this awkward. See, guys, you got listen, listen. Following Jesus is supposed to be an adventure. It's not it, salvation; isn't this one time decision? I pray a prayer, now I'm going to heaven, not hell. That's it. It's over. No, God saves you for a purpose. You're supposed to have this divine relationship with God, where His Spirit actually talks to you, and you partner with God in His mission. To save a lost and dying world. So you have a role to play. I want you to think about this. It's amazing. God has prepared conversations for you to have tomorrow, for interactions for you to have this week. God's prepared these in advance with people in your own backyard. As you travel over lunch while working out on campus at the coffee shop. And your only job is to do what Phil does. You simply follow the Spirit's leading. And because Phil was open to evangelism, God, his spirit, really provided five things that he'll provide for you. If you're taking notes, I put them in your message notes today, five things that the Holy Spirit will give you if you open your life to evangelism. He will give you specific direction. You notice he says to Philip, he says, go south on the road. North? No, south. Oh, the turnpike. No, the desert road, right? So God tells him to go south. And really for Melissa, it was like, hey, I want you to go next door. And help that guy with his arm in a sling. I want you to do that. Would you do that for me? God will often provide specific direction for someone that, who is lost. Now, here's the deal. This happened to me. And I'm, I'm, this isn't weird. This is actually quite natural. I remember when it happened to me, um, there was a block party in our neighborhood. And my wife, Colleen, was like, come on, let's go to the block party. It'll be fun. And I'm like, I don't want to go. You know, I'm kind of like you know, I'm like a recluse. and I'm like, She's like, come on, it'll be fun. And was, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll go. So I go, and everyone's you know, having fun and everything, but I'm kind of waiting to just leave. And, uh, and so everyone's got their cups and standing around. And as I'm standing there, I see this guy kind of like on the outside circle of the party. He's not like really into it either. And he's just kind of standing there doing nothing. And I kind of feel like, it, like just inside, it wasn't weird, it wasn't an audible voice, but I felt like God saying, hey, why don't you go talk with him? You know, like he's kind of on the outside and Jesus 99, go, go seek the one. I was like, oh, all right, I'll go talk to him. And so I did a highly spiritual thing. Now I'm a pastor. You couldn't possibly do this. I walked across the yard... <laughs> And say, hey, what's up, man? Highly spiritual. You can never, ever imagine doing this. I understand. But I felt God saying, why don't you go talk to him? And I went and said hello. And it wasn't lightning bolt. It was just kind of a subtle nudge. And I struck up a conversation. I was like, oh, you know, so what, you know, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm a doctor. I was like, oh, what kind of doctor? He's like, I'm a surgeon. Oh, what kind of surgeon? He goes, I'm a vaginal surgeon. I was like, oh, it got all awkward. <laughs> Very, that's a true. I was like, oh, gosh, you know, awkward. Oh, uh, you know, I got to It almost ended our conversation, but I didn't. Because I pressed, I was like, that's highly specific specialty right there. I pressed forward, believing it was a divine appointment. Because I believe in his sovereignty, God actually appoints specific times and encounters for his children to have that we think they're random, but they're not. They are divine appointment when God puts you in the path of somebody who is ripe for faith in Christ. It may start with small talk. But it may lead to this larger conversation that really carries the weight of eternity. If you look at verse 27, you'll just look at this. This is cool. This guy was in charge of the treasury of Ethiopia. In other words, he was in the highest echelon of the government of North Africa. And because he converted to Christianity, the gospel went to a brand new continent. The gospel had never been to Africa before. So God says, I'm going to bring you into, into connection. In other words, it shows the father's heart for all nations, okay? Maybe you have a coworker from Argentina, or Mexico, or Australia, or maybe the person who lives next to you, they're from Egypt, or the Middle East, or, or, or Pakistan, or something like that. In other words, God, one of God's ways of ceding the gospel to the nations is that he will divinely appoint you to have contact with some people that nobody else would get a crack at. And the gospel, as a consequence, goes to a whole new group of people. And as Philip engages with that, notice he gets this kind of spirit, supernatural, I would say, prompting, go to that chariot, stay near it. So at this block party, uh, I, didn't, I didn't hear God's voice, but I did feel the spirit prompting me, so I'm talking with the surgeon, and, um, and it's significant because, again, I think these things are random, but I'm starting not to believe in coincidences. I think there are God incidences. In other words, more often than not, when you take a step to engage someone with your faith... God will provide a spiritual opening, and that's exactly what happened with the surgeon. So after, uh, after I looked all awkward and everything, he was like, all right, so what do you do? You know, he's probably heard this before, and I'm like, oh, I am a uh, motivational speaker. You know, I kind of like, I don't want to share the conversation. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, I know you're a pastor. I, he goes, I've seen you at Little League and all that. He goes, uh, so listen, I got a question. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go, you know. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, sometimes when I'm doing surgery, he goes, this, this is fascinating. He goes, sometimes when I'm doing surgery, he goes, you kind of map it out. But then he opens somebody up. You don't know what you're going to find. I was like, don't get specific. He's like, "He goes sometimes I'll find like a blockage, he says, where I can perform the surgery one of two or three ways. There are three options. But there's no way to tell at that moment what the right approach is going to be. He goes, so I'm not like super religious. He goes, so what I do is I say like a quick, I don't know, I guess you'd call it prayer in my head. And basically I stop operating. And I kind of say, you know, God, I know that you you're a healer, and I'm a healer too, and I want this person to be well. Would you show me which way is the right right way to perform the surgery? And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. He goes, no, no, here's what's amazing. He goes, 99 out of 100 times I do that. He goes, later on in the operation, I will encounter some sort of um, confirmation that this was the right choice, and had I gone the other way, there would have been dire complications. Like if I had picked another route, and He goes. Uh, you think that's God? <laughs> uh, you're asking me? Huh? You're asking me? I, my eyes were like. Well, I was like. Wait, I, and I tried not to freak out. I was just like, Wait a minute. I go. You're telling me when you open somebody up, you 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 have their life in your hands. You you talk to the creator of the universe, and he tells you which way to operate so that they will be protected and healed. Yeah, I think that's God. I think, I think that's actually pretty significant, and it's so funny because he took a drink and he goes, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool too. <laughs> and you know what? That's amazing. We struck up a friendship. He's become a close friend. We actually had dinner on Tuesday, and we talk about Jesus and faith and fatherhood and all sorts of stuff. And my point is this, guys, strangers are way more ready than you realize to talk about spiritual things. In America, I think we have this fear that we got to be so PC, we can't say anything that will possibly offend anybody, right? And so we miss these ripe opportunities when non-Christians are very ripe and open to talking about God. Do you notice when Philip walks up on the Ethiopian, what what is he reading? He's reading the Bible. (laughs) And like a lot of people, it's like, I don't really understand what it's saying. It's not coincidental. He's reading the prophet Isaiah, Chapter 53. Does this mean anything to anybody here? This is a prophecy about Jesus coming as the suffering servant. He's reading these words. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In other words, it's describing Jesus' trial and crucifixion. When Jesus was accused of blasphemy, Jesus said, I am the son of God here to take away the sins of the world. They arrested him. They flogged him. They tied him up and they said, recant it. What do you have to say for yourself? And Jesus was silent. He did not defend himself. Why? Because Jesus didn't come to save himself. He came to save you. He came to save us. And it says in his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. He suffered. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And so the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who's the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? People want, they want to know what the Bible says. They are curious about who Christ is. They want answers to the big question. They want to know, can you have peace with God? Does prayer really work? Hey, I look at our world and I see all sorts of injustice and suffering and people get cancer and operations not work out. Does God have anything to say about that? People are more ready than you realize to talk about spiritual matters. And what I love is, is that Philip's answer to this question, he doesn't just give his own opinion he doesn't like dodge it. He, he, he makes this clear and undeniable connection to the person of Jesus Christ. And this is critical, folks, because it's a, it's a process, yes. And so it's important to build trust. It is important to ask you know, questions. But there comes a time in the life of every Christian when you have to boldly share the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And it says, Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him what? The good news, the gospel about Jesus. He told them, actually, Jesus is not this moral example. Jesus was not this like prophet from the Old Testament. He's not just a good teacher. Jesus Christ is God's only son sent to be your personal Lord and Savior. That's how you have eternal life with God. That's how you enter into heaven. That's how you can have a new life on this earth. Amen? That's the gospel. That's the good news. The good news starts first with bad news. Bad news. You are more sinful than you ever imagined. (laughs) But then it becomes good news. You are more loved and accepted by Christ than you ever dreamed. And salvation in this life and the next is found in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's very instructive to me that Philip grounded his answer in the Bible. It wasn't just his personal opinion. Or I heard this thing on the radio. And he steered the conversation to Christ. Some people think the Old Testament isn't relevant today. They're like, oh, I don't really get that or anything. But Philip led this man to Jesus through the Old Testament. God's entire word, the Jewish scriptures, applicable to all people in all ages. And this guy hears the gospel, and he becomes a follower of Jesus, and the gospel goes where? To Africa. That's amazing. That's the impact of a divine appointment. I want you to imagine if Philip heard the Spirit's whisper, but sort of ignored that 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 nudge, you know, hey, go talk with that guy about Jesus. Oh, I don't know. I don't really know him. It'll be awkward. (laughs) Philip was in tune with the Spirit. He believed in the Word of God. He said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a risk to share God's love with a stranger. Could you do that? Have you done that? Will you do that? Have you ever had a divine appointment that you thought was random, but you now realize was the Holy Spirit saying, I want to use you? in this larger story of God's salvation. Because if you're a follower of Christ, God has divine appointments waiting for us all the time. In fact, you would be surprised where they happen sometimes. For my friends, Lindsay, it happens all the time in Starbucks. Would you invite Lindsay out? Come on out, Lindsay. Welcome to the deck. Give her a hand. Welcome, Lindsay Fisher. Thanks for coming. I'm glad you're here today. I got to know Lindsay, so I live in Madison. You spend a lot of time in the Starbucks in Madison. I spend a lot of time at Starbucks. In Madison. <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> Tell us a little first. I'm sorry. First off, welcome to the barbecue. Oh, Let me thank give you, you, get you something to drink here. We got, uh, what do we got today? We got uh, mucho mango.
0: Hmm. No. Diet Coke.
2: Well, that. Oh,
0: di- I, I like Diet Coke. It's too early. Too early in the morning. Hard lemonade.
2: lemonade. Sorry, that's Pastor Tom's. Yeah, I'll just no. leave that up there. That's I <laughs> can't have that one. What can I get you? What do you want to drink? What do you do You know, do you have do you?
0: any Starbucks in there?
2: We d- oh yes, we got the uh, the Starbucks Frappuccino. Perfect. All right, this is you today. You get <laughs> oh, that. Oh, thank you. I'm gonna go with a little Gatorade. So I gotta ask. This is amazing. When I talked with Lindsay, she was telling you about these conversations you have in Starbucks that seem random, but they really are divine appointments. Tell yeah, us about that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So when I first moved to New Jersey, I was like, okay, if I can just find Starbucks, I will be fine. Right. Uh, so my first day, I find a Starbucks. Sure enough, and there's a girl line that I'm behind, and she looks about my age, maybe a little younger. And um, so I just strike up a conversation. I don't know anybody in New Jersey. So I'm like, hey, how are you? I found out she's an au pair from Germany. And I never met au pairs before I moved to New Jersey. We have Jersey. a lot of
2: au pairs in our church and in New Jersey. Wait, That's true.
0: What did you just say? Au pairs? Oh,
2: no. How do you Au-pairs. say Au pairs. Au pairs? Au pairs. Au pairs. Au pairs.
0: Nannies. Nannies. So yeah, that. I found no, out no, she's no. a living nanny. And um, she takes some classes at Drew University, and we just become friends. Okay. So um, things fall out with her family. Two months later, she's back on a plane to Germany. And so the day before, I got a lunch date with her, and we go to Five Guys. She really wants another burger before she goes back to Germany. Of course. So we sit down, and I'm like, okay, I have to tell you something really important. Like, I'm not just another nice American. Like, I believe in Jesus, and that's why I'm so nice. So we have a very explicit gospel conversation. She goes back to Germany, and I'm like, weird, God, okay, that was weird. But then, a few months later, I'm in Starbucks again, sitting down. I have huge noise-canceling headphones on, sort of just spending time with the Lord and wrestling with, Lord, like, why won't you send me overseas? I really have a heart for the nations and missions, and I don't understand. So I take off my headphones, and lo and behold, there's two girls next to me about my age speaking a different language. I sort of feel like my heart's pounding. I'm sweating a little bit. I feel like the spirit's sort of prompting me to talk to them, but an opening line's really awkward. So I was like what language are you speaking? Right. (laughs) They're Hungarian, so they were speaking Hungarian. And so we strike a conversation. Um, Au pairs are awesome because they just really want to meet Americans and learn about American culture. So I was able to have them over for an American dinner. I met them to all my American Christian friends. We went to church because that's very American, right? And so all these spiritual conversations came about with these au pairs. And literally within five months, I met 10 au pairs from three different agencies, all in that's Starbucks. That's
2: all in Starbucks. All in Starbucks. And then you, you're in Five Guys Burgers, and you're sharing the gospel in Five yeah. Guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which a is important, as because after a Five Guys Burger, you may meet your maker. That's right, that's right. Why that's right. You <laughs> may actually, that, that might be it. Well, let me yes. ask you this, because I think some people think, but that's, that's weird. Like, like, how do you have yeah. a conversation with a stranger? Are they offended that you're, like, eavesdropping?
0: Yeah, you know, the opening
2: line's always awkward,
0: but I think, like, Philip, like, the Spirit's going to prompt you to do it. So when I was, like, heart pounding, sweating a little bit, like, I think for me that's, like, you know, rule of thumb. That's probably the Holy Spirit. I should do it. (laughs) So... That's how those conversations sort of started. But
2: how do you, like, begin a dialogue, you know, with, with someone who's an, either a non-Christian or I would even say say pre-Christian because sometimes God is already working in their life.
0: Absolutely. I
2: just, like, don't want to screw it up a lot of the time. Right, right. How do you begin a dialogue like that?
0: So I think context is important. So last week we talked about the five thresholds. Yeah. And I think figuring out where they are, you know, starting a normal conversation, not making it weird immediately yeah. is really important. So, like, for example, my sister um, when I first became a believer, nobody else in my family is a believer. So when I first became a believer, I went to her crying, genuinely like upset that she's not a believer. And I told her, Kylie, um, I really want you to become a believer because I believe you're going to go, you're- you're gonna go hell- to hell. Bad uh, that w- idea.
2: <laughs> that was your old line to your sister. Don't do
0: that. Well, this was like right when I became a believer. I love my sister. Um, So that, like, totally messed up trust with her. So now what I do, sort of like in uh, John chapter 1, how, like, Jesus came from heaven to be with us like humans. So I think we're supposed to go and, you know, live in the Yeah, exactly. So now I, like, read Harry Potter and Twilight Uh, because that's our world. Now
2: (laughs) you're going to hell. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I think context is important, figuring out where they are. Okay. Um, but I do think people are more ready for spiritual conversations than we think. Like, we, yeah. we like to assume everybody's threshold one because that's sort of easier yeah. to just, like, keep it light. Yeah. Um, but I was in Starbucks, actually, last summer. I was sitting in Starbucks, same scenario, at my table, big noise-canceling headphones on, spending time with <laughs> the Lord. And this guy taps me on the shoulder, and he says, is that your handwriting? Like, talk about a bad opening line. Like, I'm writing. Yes. Yes, that is my handwriting. Okay. So he was like, um, "You, th- I think that could be a font. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. Oh, he's Thank totally you so hitting much. on you. No,
2: that, not. That's, that's like no, the new not. 21st century <laughs> pickup line.
0: Um, All right, go ahead. So then I think the conversation's going to stop there. Oh, no, it doesn't. So he's like, so what are you reading? I'm like, oh, well, I'm reading the Bible. And he's like, oh, and what is that? Is that your diary? And I'm like, oh, no, that's my journal. I'm a Christian, okay. so I write about what the Lord's teaching me and, like, prayers. And then he, like, thinks about it, and he's like, can I read it? <laughs> my journal. So gosh. I'm like flipping and I'm like, okay, what's the best thing for him to read? Like what's appropriate oh, for him to read? How yeah, yeah, I journaled yeah. the gospel this week. I mean, like yeah, right. just looking for anything that would be interesting. Couldn't find anything. And I was like, you know what? I don't have anything to hide. So I hand him my journal and I'm like, yeah, wow. that's fine. The whole thing. He reads the whole thing. Y'all the whole thing oh.
2: in Starbucks
0: in Starbucks. Yeah. I'm like, my heart's pounding. I'm like sort of interceding, like Lord, what is he reading? I have no idea what right. I'm thinking about. What have I gone through recently? I mean, I just right. have no idea. So he reads the whole thing, hands it back, and I say, well, what do you think? And he said, well, your life has many ups and downs, but through it all, you have faith in Jesus, which is awesome.
2: That's a pretty good summary, right?
0: Again, I thought the conversation would in there. Oh, no, it did not end there. So then he like basically asked what I believe. I give him a gospel presentation. He said, well, I'm Hindu. And he sort of runs the Hindu youth group of like 300 students on wow, Sunday night. Wow, interesting. Okay. And he said... What, would you like to come be a speaker? And I was like, well, what would you want me to speak about? You yeah. know? He said, well, I would give you 30 minutes to talk about Christianity and convince them all to, like, what you believe.
2: That's Seriously. amazing.
0: Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. So, I mean, he was just really open, obviously curious, seeking, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: In totally. Starbucks. You know, this is an interesting thing because Lindsay, again, I grew up in New Jersey. You grew up in the South.
0: That's right. And That's right. So,
2: y'all. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah. she says y'all <laughs> a lot. And it's very, okay. So I said, uh, and I was like, I don't know. I was like, Northeast, a lot of people are like, it's hard soil, man. People are like totally, you know, they're, they're off put by that kind of stuff. And you were like, oh no, I find conversations about Jesus much more open here in the Northeast than the South. How come?
0: Why? Absolutely. Okay. In the South, everybody is a Christian. Like nobody goes to oh, church. Okay. Everybody's a Christian. Also, um, in the Northeast, like people just tell you how it is. In the South, if you want to say people how it is, you have to say, bless your heart, she, and then like, no, continue. Right, right, right. But other than that, people don't really tell you how it is. And right. I mean, yeah. they're pretty straightforward, and in spiritual conversations, it's the same. I mean, yeah. people aren't going to hide where they are. They'll just, yeah. this is where I'm at, take it or leave it. sure. And that's pretty much it. So it helps a lot. You know,
2: I think, Lindsay, the, th- the thing right now, if I'm, I, I might be sitting here thinking, uh, well, that's easy for Lindsay. Clearly, she's a natural evangelist. She's a people person, right? And, and you could dismiss it. Because some people think, like, oh, well, I think evangelism is, that's like a spiritual gift. Certain people do really well, like somebody like Lindsay, but that's, I couldn't possibly do that. Here's the deal, guys. The truth is, you, we are all evangelists about things that we truly love that make a difference in our life. You naturally tell people about stuff that makes a daily difference in your life. For instance, I remember when I first got my iPhone and then, like, an iPad and stuff. Remember when I first got your iPhone? And you're like, oh, my gosh, this thing's amazing. I, no, it's not just a phone. It takes pictures. I can take a picture. Watch this. I can do my email. Watch this. And I showed everybody that whole thing. How many of you are an Apple evangelists? Like, you can't believe how great this is. Steve Jobs, he's part of the Trinity. It's incredible. Uh, so... This is kind of, that's how you are. If something makes a practical difference in your daily life, you just naturally tell people about it. Oh, yeah. And so to me, evangelism is a gut check. Like, hey, is Jesus making a difference in my life that actually I would just naturally share this? Where it's not I have to muster up all the courage. Lindsay showed me an app. I want to show you, speaking of your uh, iPhone, on my little iPad here. Can we throw this on the side screens here? This is an amazing app that lets you share the gospel with your phone Wherever you go, I'm going to. Uh, can you see my uh, my phone here yet? Anybody see it? Let's see. I'm going to turn on mirroring. Boom. Is it on? Oh yeah. There you go. Look at that. That's my dog. That's my dog, Dutch. Isn't he handsome? Look at that. I'll, I'll turn it this way so you can see. Right. So um. So let's see. I'm going to see. It's a new gospel app. Here's Minecraft Clash of Cans. Somebody has been on my iPad. Uh, new world app. That's and this name. is pretty cool. It allows you to share the gospel. By drawing it like you would on the back of a napkin, okay? So basically, you basically share the entire God story, which is very simple. If you've never heard the gospel, it's very simple. God created the world. Go back. God (laughs) created... This is the technology. God created the world and everything in it. So you can draw it. I'm going to draw me... Lindsay, he created you. I'm going to draw Lindsay here. Look, here's your hair. And God loved <laughs> the cute. world. We loved each other, not in a weird way, but like, you know, we, people lived in harmony. That ain't how the world is right now. Why not? Because we went our own way. Adam and Eve sinned, and guess what? Evil entered the world. We've been, all been damaged or impacted by evil. Some of us have our relationships impacted. We go through divorce. Some of us Have our relationship with God impacted? Our environment, there are hurricanes, there's tornadoes. Trayvon Martin was shot dead, a boy was murdered. There's injustice in the world. We are all damaged and impacted by evil in some way. That is why God sent Jesus Christ. He personally entered that injustice and took the suffering that we all experienced. On the cross, he died for our sin. But then he was raised to life so we could be forgiven and have new life. Now here's the deal, watch. To be a follower of Jesus means we are sent out into the world with Jesus to help heal a broken planet and broken lives. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. So when you become a Christian, he puts you in his family. That's called the church. And we're on mission with Jesus to go heal a broken planet. That's actually why I live, I try to live a godly life with God's spirit in me because I want to be a healer. I don't want to contribute to the evil and the sin, the brokenness we see in our world. That's what the gospel is. And people are typically like at one of those kind of four stages. And what's cool about this app, by the way, just, right, you can just draw that. It's a free app. Is you say, well, you know, are you, you kind of see the evil. Well, here's the deal. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, if you want, you can actually even hit this. This is so cool. They allow you actually to pray to receive Christ. Jesus, I believe your death and resurrection broke the cycle of corruption in our world and in me. And I acknowledge my responsibility in contributing to the damage, and I want to receive your forgiveness. There's verses, all that kind of stuff. And you can actually pray to receive Christ there. And then if you want, if someone's like, well, i got to think about this. Look at this. You hit the follow-up button. This is so cool. You can actually send them a PDF of your drawing of what you all just sent to myself, of what you talked about, and say, you know, that's something for you to think about. I'd love to stay in touch with you. This is called the New World Gospel Application. We put in your notes today. A free download, a link to this for iPhone, for Android, for your, for your iPad, whatever you have. Because I think a lot of people get nervous, Lindsay. They think, I'm going to talk about the gospel, yeah. but I don't know what to say.
0: Yeah, and you forgot to mention, even in the app, if you don't know the recited gospel like Pastor Tim just gave, it actually has it.
2: It's literally, you click on it, it's Please. like, oh, here's the verse yep, that kind of goes can with that. You just read it
0: straight. Which is great.
2: For some of you, that may be a great tool for you. Others of you, no, I like to keep it more organic. That's awesome. We just want to give you some tools because we believe God's going to give you these divine appointments. Um, Your friend at work kind of had one. Just close with that story.
0: Yeah, I have a friend from my life group. She sort of works in cubicle world. And she's been telling me about how the person, you know, in the next cubicle has been sort of initiating spiritual conversations with her, saying how he's been burned by the Catholic Church in the past and just sort of asking questions. And they were talking about work-life balance one day. And, um, well, she said, well, you know, work's not the most important thing in my life. And he was like, oh, well, what is the most important thing in your life? Wait, 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 let me guess. Religion. Because he had seen it, you know. He's like, you wear crosses often. He notices in her, and she said, well, I wouldn't say religion. I'd say, you know, my relationship with God and faith in Jesus. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the most important thing for me. And the conversation continued, but, you know, he always comments how cheerful she is and how she's just different in the work environment. Her life elicits questions. Absolutely, absolutely. That,
2: That, to me, is what Peter is talking about in 1 Peter. He says this. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So the assumption of the gospel writers are... You're living your faith in a way that people naturally ask questions. They're like, what's different about JP at work? He doesn't respond when the boss, you know, criticizes him. What's this deal with this Lindsay? Hey, what are you writing? You're actually having your devotions. You're spending time with God in Starbucks, right? Not just reading the newspaper. That to me is a great challenge. That is my, am I living my faith where people are asking questions? And when I answer, do I do so with what? Do this with fire and brimstone. No, (laughs) gentleness and respect. And that's one of the things I just want to kind of, I want us to be Christ followers who model this, who respect other people, who respect people of the Hindu religion, who respect people with Jewish faith, who respect people who come from a Catholic background. It doesn't matter. It's about following Jesus. You can be Jewish and become a follower of Christ. You may have grown, have a Hindu background. You can follow Christ. You may have grown up in the Catholic church, Protestant, you're a Jedi Knight. You can follow Christ. It's not about converting to man-made religion. It is about starting a personal relationship with the Savior of your soul. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And it's for every man and woman. What I want to do is I want to pray for you right now, all of our campuses. I want to pray for divine appointments this week. So would you bow your heads with me? And then I'll have Lindsay close. God, I just thank you. I love, God, that the way that you work, you use us. You take whatever faith we have. And Lord, I just want to acknowledge today there are people in this room Listening online, our other campuses, they just feel like they got a little seed of faith. It's not a lot. But you said all you need is a mustard seed, the smallest one. And if we give it to you, your Holy Spirit will grow it into a bush large enough for all sorts of people to find shade and comfort and rest in. So God, would you plant the gospel in our heart today, right now, by your Holy Spirit in a new way, God. I pray for my friends who are seeking Jesus. Would you let them see Christ, not Christianity Christ, and God, would you give us a boldness, not uh, out of our own confidence, but because we really believe it and it's true and it's changing us? I thank you for Lindsay. I thank you for Phil. I thank you for Melissa. I pray right now, would you send your Holy Spirit, speak to your people? We trust you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Open our eyes yeah. to the divine appointments that we're going to have this week. Lindsay?
0: Yeah, Lord, I pray that we could have. Um, faith, like the people in Acts did, Lord, that we would be, we would have the power of the Holy Spirit, and that we would be Your witnesses, God, in Starbucks and the workplace and the cubicles, God, wherever we are. Um, God, would we be Your witnesses? Would we be faithful to the work that You call us to? Lord, I pray right now that You would um, give us a name, give us one name mm-hmm. of somebody You want us to share our faith with, um, and Lord, would we have the courage and the obedience to follow through with that? Amen. Um, Lord, and it's not for us or our glory, but God, for your glory and for your name's sake, Lord, we want everybody to know about you because you're a good God and you are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.